Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Ram Gano, the veteran, 36 years old. Great breakthrough by Thomas, who blocked it. And Ikbenogany has it for Dallas. Noah Ikbenogany stays inbounds, and the Cowboys special teams gets the first score of the year. Touchdown, Dallas. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Mike Tirico with the call on Sunday Night Football. Also, great job by Mike Tirico. The Inbenogany being the, the first guy to score the touchdown. He's got to say the name like four times on the highlight. Yeah. That's why Tirico's one of the best. You get to Just like immediately. Too. He's like, I got this. Like, I'm really, yeah. I'm feeling myself right now. Yeah, I got this. Because I think like go back to when Inbenogany was picked early in the NFL draft a couple years ago. Like Roger Goodell like butchered the name. Goodell couldn't right. even pronounce Marcus Mariota. When Mariota right. got picked second overall. Remember that? Marcus Mariotto. Yes. Just won the high Mariotto. Mariotto. Marcus Mariotto. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, also ridiculous was my team's performance on Sunday night. Uh, Giants plus three and a half. Hashtag bet regret. <laughs> that didn't go so great. Uh, noted Dallas Cowboys super fan Rob Pozzola will join us in just a second to, I'm guessing, uh, rub some salt in my wounds and also talk week number two in the NFL. But before we bring Rob on, I want to remind our audience, Brian Baldinger, Odyssey Sports NFL insider coming up in 20 minutes. Lockmas coming up this uh, later this hour. Santa Barkley going to tell you how to bet teams to make the college football playoffs. Uh, Will Brinson still to come, Eric Eager still to come, and we'll get back to our line movement for week number two in the National Football League with it moved. But joining us right now here to kick off our number two on this wonderful football Wednesday, the aforementioned Rob Bazola, Pro Sports Better on Twitter at Rob Bazola. Check out his sports betting podcast, Circles Off, and the content network, The Hammer, on Twitter at The Hammer HQ. Rob, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. I'm guessing you're feeling pretty good today, my friend, on a Wednesday following a, a great Sunday night for your favorite team. I am definitely feeling good. Uh, I, listen, we're, we're past the point where like I need to rub it in. We're, we're kind of on to week two at this point, but it is nice as a fan of a team when your team just wins that first game of the season and also when they do it in like sweat-free fashion because it so rarely happens in the NFL that you just get to watch your team stomp another team from wire to wire. You're just conditioned to have to like deal with pain or expect the worst at all times. And there was never a scenario in this game where you're like, oh, like possibly Dallas might blow this or, you know, Philly gets out to a 16, nothing lead against new England. And all of a sudden that's a close game. This was just wire to wire. So that's nice, but I do have high aspirations for my team for like the first time in a long time. You guys know me. I'm a very realistic Cowboys fan. And in years past, I haven't been so high on them, but this year I do have high expectations. So it's nice to, to see the expectations match the reality in the early going. Rob, it might be, kind of scary to think like, wow, you know, off to this great start or whatever. And, and the market 
thinks it's a near certainty that you will improve to 2-0 on Sunday when you take on Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. Market for this game, which we talked about already earlier in the show. Obviously, Rodgers gets hurt Monday night. Wilson's going to start this game. So short, short week turnaround, Jets have to travel, and Zach Wilson's playing. Cowboys, nine, nine and a half. Maybe Brandon Cooks plays, maybe he doesn't. Uh, total very low, 39 and a half. You're one to know your team is 140 to nothing. And now everyone's on it. Everyone's on the bandwagon. They're going to steamroll Zach Wilson and the Jets offensive line. Any cause for concern for you in that game? Any bets that you want to make in that game? Yeah, I'd say there's certainly cause for concern. For one, the issue with Dak Prescott over the last year or so has been with turnovers. And you get a Jets team that just forced a bunch against Josh Allen and a very lively defense. Like as, as good as Dallas looked in week one, the game was over midway through the first quarter. It's not like we actually learned anything about the team. And this is a, a Giants team that historically the Cowboys have played very well against with at least this coaching regime. So there's obviously always concern. Now, should the Cowboys defensive line tee off on the Jets offensive line? Yes, absolutely. Is Zach Wilson like mobile where he can turn some losses into plays? Possibly, but he can also turn a lot of those into turnovers as well. So I'm optimistic about this game, but I just don't think this is a bettable number for Dallas. I mean, the reality of the situation is this is typically a spot and and I'm not a big spots guy or trends guy, but just to put it into context, and I think you do this a really good job of this as well, Ken, but betting against teams that are coming off of shutout victories has historically been very profitable. And one of the reasons why is that team just tends to get very overvalued. Like people forget about what the number is in the next game. They just want to bet on that team, especially when it happened in a primetime game. And I think that's the case that's happening here. I make this closer to eight and a half. That's with me being high on the Cowboys going into the season, low on the Jets. Part of the reason why is maybe I don't think the downgrade from Rodgers to Wilson is all that much. And that's not a testament to Zach Wilson. That's just, I'm not a huge believer or wasn't a huge believer in Aaron Rodgers going into the year, coming off of a very bad season at 39 years old, a season ago. So I'm optimistic that Dallas will get the win. I'm not betting them. I could see many scenarios where the Jets defense just shows up to play and causes chaos and, and they hang around for this game. But I do think that I'll be very surprised if Dallas does not start the season 2-0 here. At some point, we need to do an interview and it's just like, what's your favorite spot in betting? I, that, I like the sandwich spot. Because it makes yeah. Yeah, I love sandwiches. I'm a big fan Look of the ahead. sandwich spot. Because they, they got a I team. Think, it's not that they're playing a team down. next. They, they've got them on deck. They've got <laughs> yeah. the team on deck. They're going to play them next. They know, <laughs> it's never who's next. It's like, well, you know, they got them on deck. They got that big team on deck. So Ohio State, Notre Dame, they got each other on deck. So yeah, it's not going to be too good this week. My favorite spot is the anti-Kanish NFL hot take spot, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest with you. Kanish, solid college football better, but every now and then he comes out with like this super hot take on something that's going to happen in the NFL. And that is yeah. my absolute favorite fade spot. Well, well, hopefully you didn't listen last week because I think it was like Lions money line for his lungs, and that turned out pretty yes. well against the, against the Kansas City against the well, Kansas Seattle City Chiefs. Seattle money line this week, then. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. Uh, well, hopefully not. Um, so I'm about to ask Rob about the Commanders and Broncos, and I think I say this sometimes. People are like, oh, like, that's a weird game to to go to. Uh, Rob has told us in advance that he likes this game. He'd like to be asked about it. So there you go. That's why we're doing the commies and Broncos. Uh, Denver laying three and a half at home. Rob total thirty eight and a half. Uh, I think the Commanders have the better quarterback in the game. Uh, what say you, Commanders and Broncos, on Sunday? I certainly think that's possible. Listen, this is just a pure fate of the Broncos for a second straight week. 
in needing them to win by margin and not having the offense that is capable of winning by margin all too often. Like last week on the Raiders, I don't like Las Vegas this year, but you're going to give me the hook with a team that against a team that really can't blow anyone else out, whether Jerry Judy's back in this game or not, they just do not have an explosive offense. They have too much dink and dunk underneath. You look at the pressure rates from last week, the Raiders barely generated any pressure whatsoever on the Denver offense, and their output was 16 points. This is a better commander's defense overall, and I'm very, very skeptical of Sam, Sam Howell. If you look at last week, the pressure rates for Arizona were extremely high against this Washington front. That had nothing to do with Arizona actually getting pressure. That had everything to do with Sam Howell holding the ball for infinity, basically. Like, just cannot get rid of the ball. But again, is Denver capable of blowing teams out or winning, you know, having to score probably into the 20s to cover spreads? I'm just not there yet. And as long as they're priced in these ranges, I'm just going to continue fading them. So commanders just by virtue of uh, an anti-Broncos play, essentially. Rob, I know a, another game that you're interested in. <laughs> you might be the only one. <laughs> this game stinks. Uh, Saints laying three at uh, Carolina, who looked pretty rough at Atlanta. A ton of trouble scoring the ball. Um, that is probably going to be true like the entire rest of the season, the way the offense is constructed, but we'll see. Uh, the total in the game is 40. The Saints obviously want to know, narrowly beat Tennessee in a game where Nick had Titans plus three. The Saints won the game, but Nick still covered, which tells you how dicey the game was. Uh, so New Orleans laying three on the road now, total 40. What do we like in this game? Very similar handicap to the one we just touched on, where I just don't tr trust the Saints to win by margin right now. And everything you said about Carolina applies from last week, but there is some historical precedent for rookies making a start on the road looking poor coming at home looking a lot better and candidly I think the Panthers will be able to run the ball against the Saints as well the Saints interior of their defensive line isn't really built to stop the run we saw Derrick Henry have some success last week against them I watched the Saints and Titans in full as someone who bet the Titans last week and here's what I noticed about the game that probably doesn't appear in any box scores unless you actually watch the game but one the Titans had a defensive touchdown that was blown dead for no reason whatsoever that took six points off the board from them in that game. Ryan Tannehill missed two wide open touchdown passes in that game as well, where the Titans schemed people open. It's not like this Saints defense all of a sudden from last year to this year is going to make this massive leap. They still don't pressure the quarterback well. They have no pass rush to speak of whatsoever. And on the offensive side of the ball, New Orleans they Listen, they have the weapons, but the offensive line, the interior is horrible. Their left tackle, Trevor Penning, who they drafted a couple years ago, was basically a turnstile in week one. This is a big issue against the Panthers' front, especially against a guy like Brian Burns. So I don't actually see that much separation between these two teams. I think this line is unwarranted. Again, if you're betting the Saints, you need them to win by four to win this bet. Derek Carr, outdoors primetime road game like this is the worst spot you'll ever get Derek Carr and historically speaking he stinks in these types of situations where you need him to win on the road as a favorite I think Carolina is very live as an underdog here
Uh, it is worth noting, DJ Chark back at practice on Wednesday for the Carolina Panthers. They need a field stretcher, so it looks like Chark will be good to go. I'd argue the worst spot to bet Derek Carr is wild card game on the road in Cincinnati, throwing short of the sticks on fourth down in a oh game where like God. all of us mm. bet the Raiders and all of us lose. Just oh, I don't want to bring man. that up again, but there you have it. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Wonderful football Wednesday, talking week two in the NFL with our good pal, pro sports better Rob Bazzola on Twitter, at Rob Bazzola. Rob, we've got about five minutes left. We'd like to hit on a number of different games with you. So let's start the Pizzola lightning round here. And let's begin the Pizzola a lightning round in Detroit with our pal Kanish. The Lions about five and a half point home favorites right now against the Seahawks. Total in that game sitting at 47. Seattle issues along the offensive line. What are you thinking here, Detroit and Seattle? I'm thinking that a lot of people are going to like Seattle just based off of like the line value. The look ahead line was three. I'm not convinced that the Seahawks are not terrible. Like, you, you're, you're missing your starting left tackle and right tackle. You go onto the road into, like, a very raucous environment against a team who's kind of built well at both lines of scrimmage. Seattle could not generate any pressure whatsoever against Matt Stafford last week. Good luck against the Detroit Lions offensive line. Extra time to prepare with Ben Johnson, a very good offensive coordinator. I actually have some interest in the Lions here. It's kind of like an anti-overreact... Like, the, the overreaction crowd, I, I think this could be an underreaction, honestly. Like, Seattle looked terrible. And uh, I think the Lions, as much as I hate to say this, hopefully Kanish isn't listening on replay, but I think that this could potentially be a road in Detroit's favor. <laughs> oh, a railroading? Oh, no. Uh, Jackhammering right, is where I would go with go, this, yes. We'll go yeah, That's it. A lot of potential options. Yeah, we'll go. Yeah, Doomsdang's our new one, Rob. We have to pick that up, which I think you would be a fan of too, with Micah Parsons dropping that hashtag the other day. Uh, why don't we do Packers Falcons here quickly? Two teams I think you liked a lot before the year. We both liked a lot before the year too, especially the Packers. They both got off to one and no starts now playing each other, which makes things kind of tricky in terms of a handicap because we probably like both teams. Packers one and a half here in about a minute. Yeah, I think the Packers injury report is not really setting up well. Christian Watson didn't practice again today. You have the Aaron Jones injury as well. I think we're getting to the point here now where they just do not have the skill position players on offense. And while I'm not in love with Atlanta, I think Desmond Ritter is bad. They really try to shelter him and turn him into a game manager. But at the end of the day, they do have way more talent offensively than Green Bay does. I think the Packers, as much as I was high on them going into the season, watched a lot of that game. And a lot of the result last week was just the Bears being inept more than anything else. If you actually watch the game tape afterwards, Justin Fields missed a lot of throws where he had wide open receivers, didn't even see them. And you're going to get that out of Justin Fields. So I think the Packers just looked a lot better than they actually are last week. And it was a product of playing an abysmal football team in the Chicago Bears. I think this is a hashtag, hashtag wrong team favored type of game. Uh, I like the Atlanta Falcons here on the money line plus 105. Did I? I feel like I invented hashtag wrong team favorite. Yeah, I, like I think to take he was paying homage things, to you. Though. I think that was his, his homage <laughs> to Nick. Yeah, <laughs> come on, YBYB. A little, a little WTF action, Rob. Let's close yeah. with this. We have about 60 seconds to go. Bengals-Ravens is fascinating, right? Since he, like, minus 3.25 in between three and three and a half. Total of 46. Ravens are 1-0. Bengals are 0-1. The Ravens didn't really look that great in week number one against the Houston Texans. Injuries on the Baltimore offensive line. Do you think Joe Burrow bounces back? What do we see since he and Baltimore in about 60 seconds? I do think we see the Bengals bounce back here. And obviously everybody knows about the Ravens injuries right now, right? Whether that's offensive line um, or, or secondary right now with Marcus Williams being out for this game, probably Marlon Humphrey not returning. That's all known, but is it factored enough into the line? I don't believe it actually is. 
Really, I think that the spot last week for the Bengals was horrendous. You get them against a defense that has historically fared very well for them in a bad weather game. Joe Burrow not having played any of the preseason. Another week under his belt, I think the likelihood that they're able to snap out of it offensively is much higher considering the state of the Ravens defense, which I wasn't high on going into the year. And on top of that, like Lamar Jackson is going to take time to get going in this new offensive system. They struggled last week against the Houston Texans. It took a while for them to really start moving the ball. Whether Mark Andrews plays or not, I think this is a little bit short. I would love to get a three. I'd love to capture three in this game. But if I can't, and it's three and a half at post, I'll likely bet the Bengals. Rob is awesome. On Twitter, at Rob Pozzola. You got to check out his sports betting podcast, Circles Off. Um, I've, I've been on like the uh, like the Hammers, um, like a uh, like network of sports betting podcasts. It is awesome. At the Hammer HQ on Twitter. My friend, we sincerely appreciate it as always. Thank you for not rubbing too much salt in my wound as a Giants fan. Wish you the best of luck with your bets coming up this weekend. And we will catch up with you next Wednesday here on You Better You Bet. Sounds good, guys. Good luck this week. Our pal Rob Pizzola joining us here on You Better You Bet. I like that. Like fading Kanisha's NFL stuff. I might have to start doing that. That sounds pretty good to me. Uh, on the other side, Brian Balding, our Odyssey Sports NFL insider, breaking down all the games for week number two.